No, he's um, just giving you things that I already like, and uh, and I, now I have the excuse of saying somebody else suggested it. And welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I'm Travis Ritchie, and this is episode 48. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite music artists to listen to each week. And I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films. And we come together on this podcast to discuss it all. And with me, as always, is my very good friend... Matt Runquist. Hey, Travis, how you doing? This week... I watched the movie Brokeback Mountain, and you listened to the Linda Lindas. Yes, yes. And you're sticking with the Matt Runquist, huh? I am committed to the bit, as you know. Hey, I'm not judging. You do whatever you want to do. I just, you expressed concern, and I am being a uh, a supportive friend by, you know, allowing you to adjust any way you want to. That's right. That's right. You support any of my decisions about my identity on stream. Yes, 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 exactly. I, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, I, I, you know, I'd resist it. I thought you were gonna say any of my decisions. And then, you know, that, of course, there might be decisions you make someday that I don't support. I don't know. That's yeah, I mean, blanket statement's always a bad idea. Conceivably. To agree to. Yeah. Anyway. I think it's pretty obvious that if I kill somebody, they deserved it, though. So, yeah, I, I, you know what? Yeah. I think yeah. if I, I think I know you well enough to back you up on that. Um, All right. Maybe not in court, but uh, certainly yeah. for the purposes of this podcast, uh, which we are working on. Uh, we are wedding. live. Yes. Yeah, we're live. We're... we're using a new streaming feature. We'll see if we like it. This may be the mm -hmm. only episode that we do like this, but we're going to try it. You know, it's, it's it's so far. I like it. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a lot of lag back and forth, so I feel like that's uh, that's not an issue. We have previous to this been recording separately and uh, talking on FaceTime, so we can see each other, but we don't have access to that video. And then what we will do is I'll send you the audio, and you'll edit them together. Um, yes. And we usually do a, a countdown and a clap, uh, but we didn't have to do that this time. None of that. I am concerned about the number of ums and ahs that we're going to get this time because mm. I usually try to cut down a little bit on those. I know my mom doesn't believe it, but yeah. I do. Well, you can still cut those out for the audio version that goes Here's out hoping. on the podcast feed if you want. Right. Yeah. All right. We'll see how how easy that is to edit. Uh, but uh, before we, I guess, get into the meat, how was your week, my friend? I had a lovely week. My nephews, who are both, uh, well, a preteen and a teenager, came for the weekend, and we had a great time, visited the Milwaukee County Zoo, which is a wonderful zoo. Uh, it's not like one of the super elite zoos, but it's a great place to spend a, a day or a half a day. And then we went to the Milwaukee Bucks game. The Milwaukee Bucks won. That's basketball, oh, in case you're wondering. Yep. Yeah, I was, I, I was, I was on my way to thinking about figuring that out. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I figured I had you pegged, and I would just let you let you know uh, oh, what you that was. So well. Yeah, Great. it's good uh, that they won for you, though. Uh, the last win. time I went to a Brewers game, they lost, and it, it really it felt like a bit of a betrayal. Yeah, it's funny because Milwaukee sports history is not overwhelming with like success, right? There's mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, the Bucks won uh, an NBA championship in the '70s. Uh, <laughs> Maybe two, one or two. I can't. No, I think they won one in the 70s. Yes. And then the Brewers have never even 
uh, they've only been to the World Series once and they've never won a World Series. Oh, interesting. Uh, but the Milwaukee Braves in the 1950s won two World Series. And, and then those are now the since no Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves. Damn. Yeah, they moved to Atlanta. I'm almost there. I almost had it. But uh, uh, you know, I remember oh. when I was a kid, the Milwaukee, the Brewers had like a 16 game winning streak going, mm-hmm. and uh, it was very exciting just to be a Wisconsinite at that time. And that I remember, I went to a game, a live game with my probably with my father and they lost and it felt such a I was so I was I was devastated and it turned me off to being a sports fan forever yeah those baseball game uh, those baseball teams of the late 80s and early 90s were kind of known for very streaky behavior they would win 10 12 games in a row and then lose i also eight, am known nine, for very ten. streaky behavior ah, <laughs> but um and uh anyway so the uh a few years ago though the bucks got good they drafted a player named Giannis Antetokounmpo who is really one of the best players in the NBA and because uh, that can totally turn a franchise around it did if you make the right moves uh, having one of the best players in the NBA is a really good thing Hmm. and they won a championship in 2021 they're consistently uh, in the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs and it feels very strange as a Milwaukeean to have a pretty darn good basketball team and a pretty darn good baseball team right now. Now they have not made it back to the world series, but they're, they're both really good. And it feels weird. It feels like I've gotten so used to enjoying the experience of going to these games without being overly attached to the outcome. Sure. And it feels, that must be nice. Well, yeah, but now I am attached to the outcome oh, because yeah you know, now they're supposed to win. Right. And I feel very, I feel very iffy about that. Interesting. (laughs) So out of the, out of the very lightest uh, level of curiosity, how are the Packers doing without uh, like Aaron Rodgers? So I don't really watch no? uh, football okay. at all. Just uh, we'll skip I, that all together because I, well, I, worked, I really don't care all that much. I was just curious. Yeah, well, I, what I was going to say is, is I've worked in head injury research for the last, you know, 15 years. Mm. And that really has turned me off entirely to watching American professional football. Okay. That and the fact that a 60-minute game will take well over three hours. So I'm not, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, so have watched, I have watched I uh, have watched the last Super Bowl. I don't think I was able to watch it live or at a thing. But at one point, I just watched the 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 all the plays, basically mm-hmm. any successful play, and you can string them together in a highlight reel. And the highlight reel took 15 minutes to watch. Right. Yeah. And it was and, every play. Every and it takes four play. hours to watch the Super Bowl. It does. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, have you ever? Uh, again, I'm sorry, uh, listener, for talking so much sports on our music and movies podcast, but. Have you ever watched Ultimate Frisbee? Uh, just I've seen clips online, but I've never uh-huh. watched an entire game. I've played a couple games too. Yeah, well, I I find it I find it very fun to play, but I've also found it very fun to watch. Like I find it, it's 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 interesting to me how uh, rewarding it is to play and watch, depending on mm-hmm. where you are. So yeah. uh, I was just curious. But yeah. uh, the L.A. has a professional team that I've gone and seen a couple times. and uh, Well, that's fun. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because, of course, there's no padding. It's all the kind of like pure athleticism of like soccer where it's just running, 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 running. But mm-hmm. also you get those 
artistic plays, those amazing throws and incredible mm -hmm. catches of football. Mm -hmm. But it's that pace of like basketball where there's it's turnover, turnover, turnover. It's always switching sides. Mm -hmm. And so um, like, I guess, like more like basketball. So it combines the, the best of uh, several sports in my mind. Yeah, it's clearly the best sport. Yeah, that, it's indisputable. Sir. Yeah. Uh, anything How else? Was, uh, oh, you did no, a podcast no, with your, your nephew. I did do, I did really do a brief podcast with my nephew, sort of a, the same format as this one. We watched The Muppet Christmas Carol. Maybe we can throw that up as a bonus episode on exposing ourselves. If he's okay with it, but uh, yeah, definitely well, get permission. If his mom is okay with it, he's a minor. <laughs> oh, that's what I meant. Like, if the people who are in charge of his legal affairs are, yes, are into yeah. it. Well, obviously, it's going to become wildly more popular than our podcast, and he's going to have a bunch of income that we're going to have to I mean, he's younger and cuter, so and that's money in the bank right there. That is true. That is true. Hey, how I was mean, your I week, Travis? Uh, I was okay. It was a lot of work. I, I worked... Oh, I picked up a shift at uh, at the store, and uh, and then I was also working on the show. I um, did my first episode of uh, the Christmas show on the talk where I was the gingerbread man. So oh, you can fun. actually see that on, uh, if you watch the show live, you'll have seen the gingerbread man giving away prizes at this point. And also on um, uh, Paramount plus, I think they have old episodes if you want okay. to go see it there, but Absolutely, it, it's really delightful because I cannot see a thing when I'm in this costume. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a big head and I literally have a, a mouth that's about an inch by like three inches wide and I, and it's pointed downward. So I can see like about three or four feet in front of me mm -hmm. about like a teeny little space. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I have to move around that way. And so I, and I have to listen to what's going on and then someone has to come out and lead me on stage and put me in place. <laughs> and, um, and so this first episode live, I was standing on stage with Cheryl and uh, Amanda on either side of me. And I, I think Jerry and Akbar were, were there too. And uh, it was just fun. And <laughs> watching the video of it, I'm dancing and I'm doing my thing and, and they're just into it. Um, that sounds amazing. We should get a mascot for our show. Oh, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I think I'm going to maybe for our fifth anniversary. I'll, if we get to five years, we can talk okay. mascot. How about that? All right. I, I uh, you would disappear for an episode. Wow, is oh. that a is that a jet plane crashing that into is, your house? That is not a jet. I I was wondering what that was, but it is. Uh, my wife is feeding the dogs, and apparently, it's real loud here in the basement. Wow. When, uh, she rolls the dog food containers across the floor. Oh, wow, oh. that was disturbing. I was a little worried there. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I uh, I was wondering about that. Um, so note for the future for future selves. Yeah, this yeah. is not well, our normal time recording. This is and, not our and normal are, recording time. You're being gracious, uh, accommodating my work schedule, really. Yeah. So uh, thank you for that. But other than that show, uh, it's just been a lot of work. I did play some ultimate frisbee yesterday. No, wait, what is today? Monday, Saturday. I played some okay. ultimate frisbee. Uh, for the first time in a couple months because of work, I'm usually working early on Saturday, but in this case, uh, I was working in the evening late enough that I could go and play for a couple hours and then come home, clean up, shower and all that. And uh, a couple things about that game. One, I played three whole games, which is more than I usually do. And I'm paying the price a little bit with my feet mm -hmm. and, um, and, and lower legs being a bit sore. But also I made Coco run all the way to the park. Oh, nice. on my bike because i was running okay. a little late and i was like i was like do i want to walk there or do i want to bike there with the and i was like i don't want to hook up a trailer and i was like oh i used to do this with dot all the time make her run mm -hmm. alongside me on the bike 
So I tried it with Coco, and she did great. Oh, that's uh, and wonderful. she ran all the way there. It's about a half mile. Uh-huh. Watched the game. Between games, I let her off the leash and throw, threw a ball for her a couple times. And then made her run all the way home, which was oh, wow. the real kicker. She was tired. Uh, yeah, for the rest but she of the was day. one tired so, puppy. Yeah, so she slept while I was at work uh, quite contentedly. So, I would imagine yeah. so. I would imagine yeah, so. it's fun. Anyway, fun week. Life is good. And uh, uh, let's get into the meat. Yeah, let's get into the meat. Let's have a have a big bite of the movie first. Oh, we're going to talk about the movie first. What? I don't know. You look like you look surprised. Would you rather? I was waiting for you. I had no idea what you were going to say. (laughs) Uh, This week, I had you watch *Brokeback Mountain*, which is a it's a it's a fairly it's almost a classic movie at this point. It was put out in two thousand five. It was almost an instant classic. It really was. you know what, man? I was I was surprised by how much I found out about this movie and its uh, and its success because you're right. It made 178 million dollars in the box office on a 14 million dollar budget. Part of that is the the strength of its stars because it starred Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal, who were young, uh, hot stars even at this time. Uh, it was directed by Ang Lee, who had done a couple. I think he'd done. Uh, did he do Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Um, before this, uh, I think so. Uh, yeah, he did. He, he was definitely a, a known quantity before he uh, broke through and was a pretty big director. Um, he did. Uh, oh, he did Hulk before this. And then, you know, before Crouching or after Crouching Tiger. And um, but uh, and then he went on to do Life of Pi, which uh, I have you seen Life of Pi, by the way? I have. Okay, great. Because I was I was thinking about putting that on the list, but I won't anymore. Anyway, so but what surprised me is this movie also has a bevy of other stars that I completely forgot about. Yeah, uh, Randy Quaid the plays their boss. Yeah, Michelle Williams got nominated for an Academy Award for her uh, portrayal as um, uh, Heath Ledger's wife. Uh, Anne Hathaway plays um, Jake Gyllenhaal's wife, which and I didn't even remember she was in this. Anna Faris is in it. Uh, Linda Cardellini is in it, and it's just uh, it's it's amazing. And then um, so the big deal about this movie is that it was it was praised for its um, kind of breakthrough queer cinema themes right it's mm-hmm. a, it's about two cowboys who are working together they meet because they're working together up on this hill uh watching sheep so that they don't the sheep don't get eaten for a season and um and they end up they end up falling in love but uh, you don't you don't really get to see all of their first year romance but you see them um continue to get together over the years as they both find wives and have kids and uh, and so their love for each other is actually a several decades long thing. So um, which also I didn't remember either. I, I thought it was I thought it was kind of just one summer, but it takes place mm. over like 20 years. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's there's a lot to like about this movie. But uh, before I talk too much about it, what did you think? Well, I, I did really like it. Did, now, you didn't mention the fact that this was based on a short story by Annie Prohl, right? I didn't. It is, so it this is, is, and there have been other remakes of it since then, which is, I was yeah, shocked they, to learn. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating because it was, the story itself was published in uh, The New Yorker, and it was a bit of a sensation, the story, uh, which is interesting because, of course, Annie Prohl is not uh, a you know, gay cowboy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so this is this story that's like a heartfelt 
earnest romance uh, written by a bunch of people who are not members of the community and performed by people who are not members of the community and directed by people that are not members of the community. And it, right. it really, really holds up just as like a classic Hollywood romance, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the point where I can't really fault most of the choices. Um, there, there is some stuff in the first year where I think the idea, if I'm understanding correctly, the idea is that they're fighting their own impulses and they sort of almost fight, make love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both drunk and they're both like, this is the, the that first time. That first the... time, right. But the very, yeah, it very quickly transitions into like a, a much more easy relationship where they both tell each other that they're not, uh, I, gosh, queer. what's the, yeah, queer. That, that's right. They're not queer. I uh, ain't queer. Neither yeah. am I. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, right? Because. Ennis, the Heath Ledger character, does not indulge in any other homosexual activity throughout right. the course of their relationship or the rest of his life, whereas Jack does quite right. a bit, right? Yeah. And, you know, if... Well, we don't know quite a bit, but he does, like, go to Mexico and, and seeks out, you know, the company of other men. Um, and yeah, also, and, and he, he, makes guy... clear, he makes clear to Ennis that he does see other men right yeah uh, i mean i, I think that there is a lot that's implied in the in the movie but i mean i think i think they make clear that jack does see other people regularly you know at least more than ennis would be comfortable with and uh, and that's an interesting plot point where ennis seems to expect jack to be only for him, right? And right. wait for him. And Jack's like, but I wanted to be just us. And yeah. and you're not okay with that. So yeah. I have to get what I need somewhere if I'm not going to get it from you. And and that also seems like a fair uh, yeah. position to be in. But what's funny is that I I I felt their the representation of these two as people was uh was fairly was very real and felt natural. And mm -hmm. the movie didn't age like I kind of expected it to. I would a hundred percent agree with that. I was expecting sort of a clunky representation, and it's just not that. Yeah, yeah, and and every and all the and all the supporting roles too were felt very natural. Like even the the bad, you know, the the boss who like sees them when he mm -hmm. goes out to check up on him, and he he kind of like doesn't hire Jack the next year because he's like, you guys weren't meant to go up there, and you know. Well, I mean, I think that was really interesting, right? Because there is this sense that, you know, he's a capitalist and he's like, he discovers some at some point in the summer that they're to that they're engaging in activity together up on the mountain, but he doesn't want to have to find two new cowboys, right? So he yeah. lets them, you know, he lets them play out the entire summer. Well, because he also doesn't know that they're not, that it's not, there's, they're not their job that they're supposed to be there for is not getting done right as he, i think he's of the mind that like if they're still if they're guarding the sheep and the sheep aren't dying everything's yeah. okay but then when they finally get the sheep back it turns out that a lot of them have died and they get mixed up with this other herd that kind of wandered through and well but see i i have a different read on that i don't think that necessarily they had done a bad job to from my my read on that scene was that he was 
you know, because if you look at it, there's a guy who's counting and he's in the middle of the count while uh, the Randy Quaid character is telling mm. them, oh, you did a bad job. There aren't enough sheep, you know. Yep. I and see what you're saying. So I that was an excuse that he was I think making. he was using that as an excuse uh, to justify, you know, knowing that in the future he was not going to hire them again. I think the whole way through, he was very coldly clinical about how he was treating them. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're you're good enough to finish out this summer because it's easier for me, but then I'm not gonna hire you in the future because I'm homophobic. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Um, but the uh I one of the things that I really liked and I, I'd like you to speak on was the music. Um, yeah. not only the not only the 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 songs that were used, but also just the soundtrack that starts with this very simple guitar phrase. Mm-hmm. And as the movie goes on, uh, basically the the and and I only watched it once, so I don't remember. But I do think the beginning of the movie is pretty music free mm-hmm. until they start to like fall for each other, and then you get this really simple guitar phrase. And then it gets more complicated as the movie goes on. Am I right about that? Yeah, the, I think that there was, yes, a very simple guitar phrase towards the beginning of the movie that does get dressed out and, and bigger as the movie goes on. That was and that was really well done. Yeah. I don't know who did the music, though, do you? Uh, I can check really quick. It was music by uh, Gustavo Sentiatala? Yeah, it does not Sentiolala. does not ring any bells for me. But uh yeah, no, the the score is beautiful. Sorry. The score is beautiful. I I think what's interesting about this is, you know, we watched Power of the Dog, right? Which is mm-hmm. uh, you know, another gay cowboy movie. Mm, and yeah. which is just wildly different. Like if you if you explain those two movies to somebody, they sound very simple similar and they Mm. could not possibly be more different this is a beautiful movie beautifully shot beautifully acted and it tells its story in a in a sometimes oblique way not but not nearly as obscure as power of the dog did like having watched this movie now i like power of the dog even less oh yeah at the time right well i will say yeah that this the the love scenes in this movie seem very tame like the gay sex scene was far more tame than the straight sex scene that you see later Mm -hmm. and so i thought that was interesting to know yeah i gotta Um, say i was not expecting to see anne hathaway's breasts uh neither was i and when i started this movie because i first of all i didn't know that i like she's such a like a sort of conservative star right uh, yeah. you know like princess diaries and and that sort of thing right and right. uh and i was not expecting that you're right the straight sex scenes in this movie are much more explicit than the gay sex scene now yeah to be fair heath ledger and jake gyllenhaal are straight uh you right know. well and that's fair but they do kiss very convincingly um yeah. and their you know their their intimacy is feels very real and, and uh uh but uh, but uh, uh, real quick about and Hathaway like I wondered if if this was kind of uh, a career maker for her like had she had she done a lot before it and oh, yeah. she was a she was a star before this was she okay I think so well I, I don't I, I don't know her filmography that well to really uh to really know because I, I yeah. feel like she broke out with with um 
you know, in the in the I don't know romantic comedies of like Bride Wars and uh, <laughs> you know, so it was the late 2010s or 2020 aughts, I guess, mm-hmm. that really. Um, uh, or, you know, actually Devil Wears Prada came out in 2006, if I'm not mistaken, which mm-hmm. was really her launching pad. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like maybe she wasn't a big name uh, when this movie came out. So um, I guess when did Princess Diaries come out? I was going to, um, that's the one I was going to look at. Yeah, no, oh, I Princess guess Princess Diaries, Diaries was, was 2001. 2001. Yeah, and she yep. and that was, I would say that was probably the star maker for her. Was yeah, you know, okay. going toe to toe to Julie Andrews and... Fair. Yep. 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 Okay. Yep. Fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, but one of the other things is uh, I, when Kate Mara showed up as uh right? daughter, I was like, what? Just yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. That was, that was pretty random. Definitely early for her. But anyway, yeah. so, um, but I was going to say that uh, the, so the, the love, the, the, the tagline for the movie is, um, uh, what was it? Uh, it was uh, love is a force of nature. And so they mm-hmm. really were talking. They really wanted to lean into the love story between these two. And yeah. it felt it felt realistic to the time, you know, the 60s, yeah. 70s and early 80s. When, uh, when I mean, we didn't get we didn't we didn't have time to get into like the AIDS crisis or any of that. It was it was all yeah, pre was that all pre. Yeah. And so we just had we were just able to focus on these two men who, especially in a place and time where uh, being gay was not okay, and yeah. you know finding each other and, and trying to trying to maintain yeah. that. Yeah, I mean the movie really does lean into the love story, and it tells it beautifully. And you know, one of the other things I really like is how you get to know both of these men and how they are different. Mm-hmm. You know that it's not just like two sort of well, here's the two gay guys, and they ran into each other, and so they're together. Like mm-hmm. these are individuals that have a story and that story crosses paths and i yeah, i, I yeah. really loved that i will i want to say something about this i feel like jake gyllenhaal grows into this movie yeah uh, heath ledger absolutely acts him off the screen in the in the first set of sequences yeah, yeah. like I, unbelievably magnetic and just and in a character like his in his, the character right like, like embodying this character in such an unbelievable way that i felt like jake gyllenhaal's initial characterization of jack really suffered not because he was doing a bad job but just because you watch heath ledger and you're like holy cow and then jack's also there you know <laughs> yeah i did sense that too but uh as i and i was thinking about that a little bit and i think that uh looking at it um it actually speaks to jack's character as a more neophyte himself like he is he has a family he's never really wanted the same way that uh that uh ennis's character has uh mm-hmm. and so that that almost i must say innocence mm-hmm. uh of of character as an actor I feel like might have been on purpose. Um, because I mean, later I, in the movie, I can believe that. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal's a good actor, and I'm not going to. He's fantastic. I'm not gonna I, talk I, smack I think about he's, the guy. But, exactly. I think he's amazing. Yeah. And and later, as you as the movie goes on, and he also his, his character becomes more complex uh, mm-hmm. internally. You can you totally see that in the performance. So yeah. Um, yeah. Although I will say, uh, what is it? Both of them got nominated for Oscars for this. Um, okay. Interestingly enough, uh, 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 Heath 
got nominated for best actor and Jake got nominated for best supporting actor. Right. Which, which I thought is was a tops and bottoms joke, right? Like that's a tops and bottoms joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I hadn't thought of that. I, but I, I think it was more politics and they didn't want to run against each other. Right. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. uh, and, and there was a whole lot of buzz. So this movie, uh, they, I think they thought that this movie was going to uh, take away a lot of prizes. Um, it lost best picture, which it also was nominated for to crash. Which, oh, yes. Very famously. Yeah. I mean, how often has anybody thought about Crash in the last 15, you know? Yeah. I mean, years? if anybody thinks about Crash, they confuse it with the other Crash, the James Spader one. Oh, I don't even know that one. Oh, um, yeah. There's a movie about people uh, having relations inside of car accidents. It's it's a very strange oh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's not uh, I mean, Crash is a it was a f interesting movie. I, I found it pretty forgettable when I saw it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it is not going to be something I'm going to assign to you. I don't think that's good because uh, I yeah. won't watch it. So <laughs> oh, you refuse. <laughs> I refuse. Uh, that's not all this podcast. You will watch what I give you to watch, young man. <laughs> a steady diet of Marvel movies from here until infinity. Hey, listen, you watch it because I'll give you a Marvel movie. Oh no! Please don't. All right, uh, let's see where. Uh, I what, what what do you what else do you want to say about it, Travis? Now nah, I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I I love. I mean, there was there's just so much to love about this. The cinematography, yeah. the pace felt languid but yeah. not slow. That, um, yeah. So again, comparing it to Power of the Dog, like yeah, this is a two hour and five minute movie. And God, when I saw that come up, I was like, oh man, really, Travis? But you know what? It flies right by. There was never a moment when I was like, they could really have cut that. Like it all tells the story. Mm -hmm. And like you spend a fair amount of time on that first year, but not so much time that you're like, okay, get on with it. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it, it yeah. really does. This is really masterful storytelling. And when you think it's, I mean, uh, uh, I guess fair, fair warning for spoilers, but when you think it's over, when, uh, when Jack dies, mm -hmm. you kind of think that that's the end of things. And then there's a whole little, there's a whole bit where Ennis goes to see Jack's parents yeah. and it is a lovely, oh, it is a, is this, that moment yeah. where he's, he's encountering the parents and no one ever says yeah. the thing yeah. that they're all thinking. Yeah. And the thing that they all know that this yeah. relationship had happened and was so incredibly meaningful to yeah. to everyone involved. But it but it but it doesn't need to be said. Yeah. And it's clear that everybody knows it and it's just the yeah. acting with the parents is brilliant and uh, and Heath Ledger's acting. Well, I just had uh, an idea. I think we should have exposing ourselves t-shirts that you and I should just wear that say fishing buddies, you know? <laughs> nice. All right. Fair enough. Fishing buddies. Uh, we're yeah, just fishing buddies. Uh, we're just fishing buddies. Dude. <laughs> uh, I had to learn how to fish today. Uh, we, we were on the show today. We were doing fly fishing with Henry Winkler. Oh, fun! And, uh, no. I like fly fishing. It's fun. The the I mean, not the act of like reeling in the fish, but the the process of learning how to cast the rod. I quite like. Anyways, it's neither here nor there. Let, I, I hate wanna... fishing. Yeah, and if I have a fishing buddy, it is going to be someone who I do not fish with. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this kind of fishing buddy is the fishing buddy I want. There you so, go. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else am I missing? Uh, I mean, uh... no. I mean, obviously, this is 
clearly we could talk about this movie for quite a long time. There's a reason it's, it's a classic. And if you haven't seen it, yeah, people. I, well, I got to admit, I, I said last week, I thought, oh man, I feel like I've seen this movie already because there's so many memes about this movie. Yeah. Obviously, it was a huge cultural phenomenon. Yeah, talk about that. Well, I mean, just it was a huge cultural phenomenon. Everybody knew about Brokeback Mountain. It's like if you were alive in 2004, is that what this is? 2005. 2005. If you were alive in 2005, you heard about this movie. You heard about their performances. You heard about, you know, oh, they kiss on screen. They like you heard about about, this movie. I I wish I knew how to quit you. To the point, yeah, I wish I knew how to quit you. To the point where, as a, as a, you know, sort of intermittent moviegoer, it felt like, is this movie going to be medicine? Like, this is a movie I'm supposed to watch because it's got a good message and it's, I know that it's the big so gay well. movie. And so you mm-hmm. got to watch the big gay movie. And again, after Power of the Dog and to a less, much lesser extent, Call Me By Your Name, I was like, is this going to be medicine again? Like, are we just going to, am I just going to choke this movie down again? But no, it it's a joy to watch. I loved it. I really, really loved it. Great. Although it is tragic and, and sad and and probably makes you cry. Right. I suppose you could accuse it of fridging one of the characters or something. But I don't think even like that's not it's not, you know, Jack doesn't die in order to advance Ennis's story. It's just the end of their relationship. Oh, but it, and but it, but but the reason for his death is like it's 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 it is accurate to the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's also foreshadowed with mm-hmm. the, the story of Ennis and his, uh, his dad. And, um, yeah. and, and it also like Jack, I don't want to say, uh, he, he was not careful. Yeah. And so kind of brought that end on himself. And well, um, I think he, he always knew he was flirting with that end. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, and I, uh, uh, man, the scene where uh, Ennis calls Jack's wife and, and she's telling him what oh, happened. Wow. And it's a story. She doesn't tell him that he got beat up for, mm-hmm. you know, being queer. She tells him that he was changing right. a tire and, and right. a tire iron hit him in the face, you know, yeah. whatever. And, uh, and then they kind of just show very quick flashes of what actually happened. I really liked that scene for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. But the biggest reason that I liked it was that there was sort of a tension that about what does, what is Ennis hearing right now? What is she saying? Is this the story that she was given or is she fully informed of the truth? Like it's all very up in the air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but giving us the audience that truth, I think was really very important. Yeah. And then you can kind yes. of decide for yourself who, who knows the truth about this in the scene? I mean, right. I think the likelihood is that Anne Hathaway is telling a story because she knows what happened and she, she, she yeah. You know. And I think more important, does she know who Ennis is? Right. Um, yeah. And, and, but yeah, I think it's what you're right. It was vitally important. I, I wondered to myself, like, did we need to see that? And I think we definitely needed to as the viewer yeah. and for them to um, uh, include that was just masterful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, anything else or you want to give it a rating? I definitely want to give it a rating, Travis. Do it. It's Do a it. two. It's a two. From... No. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Wow. We've been talking so long that my Do Not Disturb went off. Um, 
yeah, this is a 10 for me, Travis. I yep. there's nothing I would change about this movie at all. Yep, me too. Me too. It's pretty perfect. And and what's funny is I didn't remember it being that way. Yeah. Um I I remember seeing it and liking it, but not being not being super blown away by it. Uh, mm-hmm. and I wonder if maybe that is maybe it requires a bit of experience. Maybe it requires you to know to have known what love is or mm-hmm. to have maybe been in love in order to know this kind of pain that they go through yeah, uh, yeah. and the yearning they have for each other. Uh, yeah. Whoo. Getting a little wow. bit. Is that, is that two tens? Is that, have we both tend something before? I don't, I don't know if we have. Maybe Florence and the machine, maybe. Oh, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But uh, we'll have to check the, we'll have to check the, uh, we'll have to check the records. Card. All right. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of music, why don't you tell me about the Linda Lindas? Yeah. Well, I don't know a ton about the Linda Lindas, but that's because there's not a super ton to know about the Linda Lindas. They are a teenage punk band from LA comprised of four girls who started playing together a few years ago in a cover band and then Wait. eventually. Sorry. I said this right. They're new. I, I yeah, forgot. yeah, they're, you told they're me last very week new. Yeah, this the album that I had you listen to is their debut album, but they uh, they only really sort of broke onto the scene in 2021. The oldest of them is 17. The youngest of them is still only 12 years old. Really? Uh, the drummer is very, very young, but she's a extremely competent drummer. Yeah, um, this they play gr- what I would call garage punk. You could call it pop punk if you were being sort of saucy, but I think this is very sort of down to earth, three chords and a bunch of yelling punk most of the time. But it's really fun to listen to. They talk about they talk about things that are important in their lives, which is you know friendships and relationships and how tough it is to grow up as a young woman. Uh, what do you, what did you think about this? They have multiple songwriters, multiple vocalists. Uh, what did you really? think, Travis? Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll tell you, uh, this was an interesting experience. Um, and I was, I was tempted to ask you what you thought I thought of them. Uh, but I'm not going to, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go into it. Uh, because they, uh, so when this album started, I was um I was taken I was taken in by by the by the beat the rhythm the the vocals were fun easy to understand there was a lot going on here that was just uh really interesting uh and then the the second song kind of built on that in a good way uh and, and continued being uh you know that kind of upbeat uh, music and uh and very kind of fun uh I instantly knew that this is the type of music that I think you enjoy seeing in a club um, and the type of music, especially when you were younger or especially like that kind of like twenties age uh, boys, I would say uh, generally that the, where, where the dancing that you do is that dancing where you just jump up and down and, and swing your head around. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's the extent of the dancing that you can do to these, this song. And so um, when the third song started and was more of that, I started to get bored. Mm. I started to think, you know what? I just wish they had changed up a little bit. I wanted them. I wanted them to do a different beat other than that same, that same, you know, really fast uh, rhythm and uh, kind of the same sound to the vocals and the same, all that was pretty much the same. Um, And that continued for half the album. Mm -hmm. 
and I was getting a bit, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to listen to this twice. And I don't know if I want to, um, I'm getting, I enjoyed the first, I enjoyed it, but it was just getting old real fast, you know, mm -hmm. then finally, and I don't know which song it is. It might've been why mm -hmm. they slowed things down mm -hmm. and, and they, and they take it and they, uh, Oh no. Was it the, was it the song that was in Spanish? Uh, I think both Y is a little bit slower, and then Quantos Veces is yeah, quite yeah, a bit yeah. Slower. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then the next song uh, after Y was beautiful. Yeah, and I wish it wasn't in Spanish because I really wanted to know what they were saying, mm -hmm. and uh, or I wish they had done it in Spanish and then had an English version maybe at the end or some variation on that theme. I uh -huh. really wanted to know what they were saying because it was a beautiful song and uh and and the the heart that it had mm -hmm. was uh very apparent, right? Mm -hmm. So um and then I think uh the last song Racist Sexist Boy was mm -hmm. a little too much uh a little too much screamy for me, mm -hmm. but what I really found fascinating was when you hear guys male singers do the things that this female band was doing in that last song where like it's very heavy rock mm -hmm. like uh, like i don't know if it's metal rock or, or whatever but it's uh it's just heavy right mm -hmm. um and the way they sing it is that like that throat tearing yeah rah, 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 rah. Uh, but the uh uh, but the way these girls do it is actually very interesting yeah. to hear. Yeah. But um, just my, maybe not my type of music. But I, yeah. I, 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 both times I listened to this album, I was fascinated to listen to that song. And mm -hmm. it never went too far for me to be like, like annoyed. Right. Uh, it just ultimately maybe not my type of thing, but it was still interesting to listen to. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad to hear that. I was like when I listened to it this week, I was like, man, I, is he going to is he going to dislike racist sexist boy just because it is significantly heavier. Like it's the only album or it's the only song on the album that is not at all pop punk. Like this is very heavy. It's a it's sort of a dirgy minor key. What is that style called? Is there is there a name for it? Uh, I mean, it's one of the variations of metal. I couldn't even tell you what it is. Although I did like how you called it rock metal. I like that. Rock metal. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's rock like metal. What, Travis. Is what's another example of that? Who? Who? What's a boy band that does that? Oh man, I you know off the top of my head, I'm not exactly sure. But like, yeah. there, it's a very sludgy, doomy yeah. type. You like know, the metal. singing sounds like it. It it tears your throat out. Which uh, yeah. 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 I mean, there, well, there, there is a genre called screamo, which is sort of like punk adjacent uh, mm. that has a lot of that obviously screamy vocals. Uh, but I'm not sure. Usually I think those usually have faster tempos, too. I, I think when you get into genre discussions with metal people, you're always going to lose because they have there are 17 million different subgenres sub of metal sure. that. There'll be you'll you'll hear some you'll hear some description of a metal album. It'll be like, oh yes, this is a black metal album with black uh, new wave of British heavy metal undertones and uh, elements of hardcore and screamo, you know. And you're just like, I, what what is happening right now? Yeah, like, I was just talking to someone this week about human human pe human beings' desire to categorize things. Yeah, and uh, black metal and death metal are two different things, and they don't like one another. Really? 
And yeah. do they sound indistinguishable to you? They, it's not that they, yeah. I mean, like if you played me an example of one and an example of the other, I wouldn't know which is which. Right. Um, you know, and I'm maybe somebody will give me a really nice primer, but I've even watched YouTube videos on like here, this type of riff is, you know, indicative of this variety of metal and this is and yeah and i so i had a little bit of flash of like oh my god i don't know when you ask me like who plays stuff like that i i'm not i'm not really quite sure well i I think my my education for from from this uh podcast it, it has is already complex enough that i don't need like genre names to go along with it like it's yeah. already we're already yeah. tough enough so yeah it's a it's a lot um but no I, I i really like this album a lot i had seen them on a netflix show and i'm afraid i can't tell you what it was so they did this they did a public performance of racist sexist boy at the la county library and that mm-hmm. blew up on youtube oh that's the one that blew up Yes, and I think it was Amy Poehler was producing a show for Netflix that needed a live band, and she was like, let's get these girls to play. So they they were on a, a Netflix show, and then that kind of got, you know, that sort of built a little momentum mm-hmm. for them, and they recorded this album. Uh, they do – so here's the thing that I, I don't mean to devalue their performance at all. When I say this, some of them have some connections to the music industry in LA, which yeah. happens when you live in LA, like people, people have entertainment industry jobs. Yeah. And and I, a lot of people, you most of the people you've heard of come from either families with money or, or already in the industry somehow. Yeah. And, and they, they do a great job They're I'm not suggesting that they're not writing their own stuff or anything like that. Uh, but I think the reason maybe that they had the connections to sort of get a public performance at the LA library and then, you know, make those connections and, and get this album made. Uh, probably those things were eased by the fact that they, ha- and pr- frankly, the, these young women are probably being somewhat protected by the fact that they have people in the industry who are family members that know how people uh, artists are exploited and can avoid mm. those traps. So, well, um, yeah, and this is two sisters, their cousin, and a family friend. So it's really kind of a family band, which I am always, uh, always a big fan of, as yeah. long as there's not like horrible, you know, Jackson Five. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they're no, dead. no, 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 no. I love the Jackson Five, but you oh, know but the way the, they were exploited. Yeah, the way they yeah. were exploited. Got it, yeah, got it, bad. got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know a little not bit a, about that. Not a big uh, fan. Of that, yeah. So, so uh, but I, I ultimately, I, I have. I have good thoughts about this music. Uh, it's not my type of music, but I was well, that, happy Yeah, to that's it. really interesting. When I get, when I wanted to give this to you, I wanted you to be exposed to it because it is something that is like pretty popular right now, and I like it a lot. But I am, I am sort of sensitive to the fact that punk is definitely not one of your genres. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like this kind of it does sand off the rough edges a little bit to have it delivered by a bunch of teen girls. Yeah, yeah, you know? and. Uh, and I, I I did enjoy the sound of these voices singing mm-hmm. this type of music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wish maybe they had a little more variety in there. And like, uh, it sounded like the same girl singing all of it. And so you're saying that they had several different vocalists. Yeah. I couldn't really hear that. Yeah. Um, I, you know what I really want to hear? Hmm. I want to hear their fourth album, right? Okay. Like, I want to hear in the next 
three, four, five years, how they evolve, how they change, how they grow. I think how they be, find their own personalities will be really, and, really yeah. fascinating because this stuff is really fun and good, but it is, it's a little bit cookie cutter punk, right? Sure. You know, sure. and I'm, yeah. I'd be fascinated to find out over time what, what they're like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's always interesting to see how, how talent like this, cause they've got, they've clearly got a base of, 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 very good talent yeah and so to see how that grows could be very interesting yeah yeah so uh, when their fourth album comes out i will be assigning it so where are they now album wise is this the, this just the one first album? one yeah oh, yeah and, and this got. came out last summer so summer of 2022 mm-hmm. uh and i believe they've released a couple of singles since then but i have not heard anything about a second album yet okay all right nice well if if you if you come across a single from them that's like hey you should listen to this yeah. uh feel free let me yeah, know i will definitely do that all right travis well what do you give this for mm. a rating these are the linda lindas from los mm. angeles california so they do get the mm-hmm. hey this is local music bump yeah yeah maybe yeah i suppose uh, la strong la pride la uh, la 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 uh the i don't know man uh i think Wait, wait, before you give it a rating, I have the vinyl of this album and it came with paper dolls, like paper, like little dress up dolls. So you can, you can play paper dolls with the, the kids in the band. Kind of wish you hadn't told me that. Really? Uh, I oh, don't know. That are you mad that I didn't you... give you the paper towel? The no, paper no, towel? that just, uh, that sounds silly and, and, and a little bit immature and like slightly infantile to me. Oh, so. it's amazing. All right. I mean, stickers would have been better. Silly, immature, and slightly infantile. That's my brand. That's a that's a great that's a great uh, album name, by the yeah. way. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a a, a six. A six. Uh, yeah, I think All it's right. um. I definitely recognize their talent. Maybe not quite my thing, I, but mm-hmm. I actually did um enjoy better than neutral. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this for me is an eight. Uh, oh. Yeah, I I really like it. It's uh, I throw it on regularly. It's fun to listen to. It it reminds me of girls rock, uh, which mm-hmm. I obviously have a lot of good associations with. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to see where they go next. Nice, nice. All right, me too. Uh, well, that's a six and eight from us. What have you got for me for next week? Well, next week, uh, have you ever heard of the singer Halsey? Yes, have we not done Halsey before? Oh my god, did we do Halsey? Let me check. Wait, how have I heard of Halsey? I don't know the where the name you heard sounds of... familiar. She is extremely famous. No, we have oh, not. Oh, well, Halsey. maybe that's why. It may yeah. be just one of those things where, like, uh, you know, what did I say last week? Chris- Christopher Walken on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Halsey. Yeah, it could be that because she did perform on Saturday Night Live. She very famously, for me, on Saturday Night Live during her performance did a live painting while singing the song. Yeah, it was crazy. I'll send you the I'll send you the video. That sounds extraordinary. There was someone who did a, a Saturday Night Live appearance nude recently, wasn't there? I don't know. I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Oh, they well, this it was the singer. So I, I figured um and they were it was a woman who was uh I think sitting cross-legged on a on a stool, but she was naked. Wow. I don't know who it was. I, I did not hear about that. Well, so I guess it didn't break through 
into the I'm wider sure I'm not like imagining it because that's not what I would imagine. <laughs> that's, but, not, uh, that's not what I would imagine. For reasons. <laughs> yeah, for well, reasons. Well, Travis, uh, in 2020, Halsey released her third album. It's called Manic. Uh, okay. And it is really, really good. So she is, I would say she is a pop singer, um, but she's not a pop girly, right? There's an edge of difficulty and sort of struggle to her music that you don't get with somebody like Olivia Rodrigo or Taylor Swift or, uh, you know, like Betty who, you know, the mm -hmm. other, other sort of pop girly people that we've touched on. And I think you might really like this. She is from suburban New Jersey and her teen years were filled with all kinds of struggles. She was homeless for a while. Uh, and she started, uh, writing songs and posting them to YouTube, and they got uh, they got a lot of uh, interest really, really quickly. She got a record deal. Her 2015 record, which I I couldn't decide between her 2015 record and this one, and then I guess I decided. So I guess I could decide, but her her debut record is also really fantastic. Had a couple of really big hits on it, uh, but this is her more recent record, and I really, really love this there's a song on here which uh whose name i'm struggling to come up with uh oh it's called you should be sad which sounds like a i mean it sounds like a childish thing to say to someone right but the way that she delivers that uh that song uh really i don't know it just resonated with me and i i really liked it i was like man this is this is some good stuff so halsey is your assignment for next week all right, I will. I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing Halsey. Uh, so I am going to give you. Well, let me ask you a question, Matt. Ooh, ask me a question. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about found footage movies? Oh, um, I don't have strong feelings about them one way or the other. I think I've good, only ever all I wanted was for you not to just hate them out of hand. I think um, I've only ever seen the Blair Witch Project. Other than that, I don't think I've seen. A you know what? One. I have never actually seen the Blair Witch Project. There's no need to watch it. It's yeah, not. I think now that think you know that, that it's before. not real, like a huge portion of the appeal of the Blair Witch Project is the fact that people were unsure. I think you've it. said that before, and I just don't get that. But maybe it was it like the first found footage movie. It was or something the first like found that? footage movie, yeah. Interesting. And so then yeah. they did, um, then they did what was the parent, 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 paranormal, para, para, paranormal activity. Was... <laughs> I like you're asking the word me wrong? as if I was the as if I was oh. the movie guy. Well, okay. You're so the, the movie, movie I'm going to give you is a movie called Chronicle, which is okay. a, a early example of this found footage. Uh, kind of like genre okay. and it is essentially a uh, a superhero movie kind of it's a, a bunch of teens find a meteor from space and it gives them uh it gives them uh telekinetic powers wow and but the entire movie is found footage and i i remember watching it many years ago i don't even remember what movie when it came out uh, i didn't i didn't prepare <laughs> uh for this but i i just have my list and i i decided because i know what i'm going to give you next week and mm -hmm. it's a i didn't want to i wanted to give you something a little contrasty you know next week. week is you got to give me music next oh, week oh shoot right? i i was thinking next week was our very special episode but it's actually our extra super very mega, special, very special yeah. episode yeah where you give me the movie okay yeah. so well then it doesn't matter um <laughs> i'm still gonna give you chronicle <laughs> All right, Chronicle. And I've told is. you all you need to know about it. Uh, but there are, it does, it was a, a jumping um, 
a jumping point for a couple of careers. Uh, Dane DeHaan is the one that uh, comes to mind and um, maybe a couple other uh, young people. But uh, I just, again, I didn't research. I didn't, I didn't prep for this moment. I'm sorry. So uh, you're going to have to experience it on your own and we'll talk about it next week. This is going to be an amazing first video episode. I'm so glad we were able to do this today. Travis. Me too. I need to get more stuff back here. This is boring. Uh, yeah, is that boring? Well, maybe I can send no. you a tapestry or something. I have some, whoop, so many of them. Oh, um, a tapestry. Yeah, a tapestry. Like, like but, in castles. You know, Travis, I did want to mention, though, before we go, that people, if they want to talk to us on the podcast, they can email us at exposing ourselves podcast at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook at exposing ourselves. I had a lovely little conversation with Kevin Novacek today. And while I didn't use any of his suggestions this week, I think we've got three or four lined up. So I'm not going to have to think for like a month. It's going to be amazing. That's great. I, I hope he, I hope he, has a sense of my tastes and isn't just giving me stuff to challenge me. No, he's um, just giving you things that I already like. And, uh, and I, now I have the excuse of saying somebody else suggested it. Okay, great, great. Looking forward to that. Um, the, the other thing is that, uh, if you would do us a kind favor listener and, uh, rate our album or leave us a or rate our podcast and leave us a review, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, usually you go to the podcast page and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the app. And, uh, there'll be a little rating thing down at the bottom. And, uh, and you know, leave us a little uh, review if you like, and we'd appreciate that. Hey, Travis. Yeah. Thank you for exposing yourself to me. Oh, Matt, thank you for exposing yourself to me. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> Later, buddy.